0: Xavier Reese and the voice of a loving God spoken through the prophet Moses Deuteronomy 529
1: Oh, that they had such a heart in them That they would fear me and always keep all my commandments That it might be well with them and with their children forever Any nation or person that fails to acknowledge God As the center of their moral, ethical, and civil life Seeks their own destruction, ladies and gentlemen
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There was only one man permitted to venture beyond that veil of the holy tabernacle and enter into God's presence once each year. Out of the nation of Israel, that was the high priest. But even he could not come empty-handed. To cleanse himself and the people of any unrighteousness, he brought a blood sacrifice into the Holy of Holies. Though the former plan lasted for a time, God devised an even better plan, but it called for an even bigger sacrifice. Pastor Xavier uncovers what God revealed within the elements of the tabernacle in today's Simple truth study titled, The Tabernacle and Jesus. Let's listen. The furnishings of the tabernacle were for
1: service. Five of the seven were never seen by man because they were covered before they took them out. First as the courtyard. You come through the gate. You see the altar of brass for sacrifice to approach God. This was the first thing that you saw when they entered the front. You cannot approach God without sacrifice and judgment of sin. It has to happen. Next, you have the brass labor between the altar and the tabernacle. This is where the priest would wash their feet and their hands lest they die. Exodus thirty seventeen through 21 tells us. Okay, you have to be sanctified to the Lord. Holy. And then... Entering the holy place, the first uh, room on the north side would be, which would be the right side, would be the table of showbread. Twelve loaves would be there, two stacks of six, and they would be eaten on the Sabbath day by the priest and his family in communion with God. Exodus twenty five twenty three to thirty tells us. Then on the south side, across from it, would be the lampstand to light the holy place. Only God can light and illuminate the things of God. He is the light. Not our intellect. And the altar of incense was there. It was in front of the veil. The ark is behind the veil. In the Holy of Holies. It's a box with a lid on it. Which we'll get to as the mercy seat. The ark contained the testimony of God. Inside it. There was the two tables of stone. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Words. A pot of manna that God gave. He through the wilderness of the children of Israel. And the rod of Aaron. To affirm his priesthood. The two tables of stone. Written with the finger of God. And. Man's relationship to God and his relationship to man, the vertical most important, as we saw in the Ten Commandments. The pot of manna, God's provisions in the wilderness, in Exodus 16 and Numbers 11. It speaks of Christ, the bread from heaven, John 6:48. And the rod of Aaron that budded is evident of his priesthood, symbolic of the resurrection of Christ. Almonds are the first to blossom in January in the land of Canaan. By the time Solomon got a hold of the ark, the only thing in it were the two tables of stone. The pot of manna had been stolen and the rod of Aaron. And you can find that in 1 Kings. Now, on top of this ark, you have a mercy seat you have up there. You see the two cherubim, each one on each end, looking down through the middle. Exodus 25, 17 through 22 gives us that. And God would meet and speak to the priest from between the cherubs. Over the mercy seat on the day of atonement. Everything was to be according to the pattern of God. Because God has something more in mind than the immediate present. It was prophetic and future. The coming of Christ, the Messiah. Now, the tabernacle had one purpose. And God is the one who gives us that purpose. It is found in Exodus 25, 8 and twenty-six, thirty. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That does not mean that that little box was his house. Because Solomon said when he built a temple, the heavens of heavens cannot continue. How can this house continue? But God desired to dwell among his people, so he gave a means by which he could be approached so there could be fellowship with him. God always initiates seeking out man. He sought Adam, he sought Noah out, he sought Abraham, he sought out Moses, He sought Yuan, He sought Mia. And God would guide them into the promised land by a cloud in the day, and by a pillar of fire by night throughout the wilderness. The tabernacle was a model of heaven, ladies and gentlemen, but it equally had prophetic significance representing the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, the priest, and the plan of salvation. The book of Hebrews is uh, really the interpretation of Leviticus to an extent. Uh, Hebrews seven twenty four and 25 says, But he, speaking of Jesus, because he continues forever... As an unchangeable or untransferable priesthood. It starts with him. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for him. Jesus is up in the Holy of Holies in heaven. Because the Holy of Holies down here was just a, 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 a shadow, a type. He's in the heavens making intercession for you and I. Hebrews 8, 4 and 5 says, For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve as a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses divinely instructed them when he was about to make the tabernacle, he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mount. Hebrews 9, 23-24, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves would better sacrifice than these, speaking about animals. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Very, very clear. Hebrews 10, 1, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never... With these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. Those sacrifices had to be repeated. Jesus offered one sacrifice once and for all. The cross does not have to be repeated. You see, the tabernacle declared God would become a man to redeem mankind. The humanity of Jesus is typified by the repeated use of acacia wood as we mentioned. God would be 100% man, yet without sin, conceived of the Holy Spirit. John one fourteen says, And the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And while being 100% man, He would be 100% God, represented by the acacia wood, overlaid with gold, in and out. It would be God who would become man. The rich young ruler called Jesus good master. Jesus said, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Are you saying I'm God? <laughs> That's what he is saying. The twofold nature of Messiah was throughout the tabernacle, the wood and the gold. Now the furnishings of the tabernacle also spoke of Jesus. The table of showbread was a type of Christ, which is the showbread, bread of the face and the presence. Jesus said, I am the bread of life in John six, thirty-two and thirty-five. He came down from heaven. John verifies it through the prologue of his gospel. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word with in the Greek is facing. Face to face with God. Fulfillment of the Old Testament. Jesus spoke of the lampstand. The lampstand spoke of Jesus. The light of the world. Jesus said I'm the light of the world in John 8, 12. The true light delights every man, John said in John 1, 9. The light to the Gentiles, Isaiah 49, 6. The altar of incense before the veil. Typified the intercessory work of Jesus Christ. Job had a problem. There was no meteor between God and man. To lay his hand on them both. In Job 9.33. Jesus is the answer to Job's problem. You remember Jesus told Peter. Simon, Simon. Indeed Satan has asked for you. That he may sift you as we. But I have prayed for you. That your faith should not fail. And when you are when you return to me. Strengthen your brother. Luke 2231 thirty two. Jesus interceded for Peter. That means Jesus intercedes for you and intercedes for me. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5. No one can save you. No one can intercede for you. Except for Jesus Christ. Then you have the ark. The ark represents God who alone would fulfill the law. Descend from heaven. And resurrect from the dead. Typified by the testimony within the ark. The two tables of stone. Jesus said I came to fulfill the law. He was perfect. Jesus is the manna that came down from heaven. Jesus died and rose from the dead, the rod of Aaron, the almonds, the first fruit to blossom. Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written to me to do your will, O God, again. Hebrews ten seven, All of it. Then you have the mercy seat, the lid that covers the ark. Represents the propitious work of Jesus Christ. Paul, the apostle, told the Romans in Romans three twenty five. God set forth, speaking of Jesus, as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans 3.25. So he is the propitiation. He is the one who satisfied the demands and wrath of God for my sin. And he is the propitiation not only for our sins the a Christian. But the whole world. 1 John 2, two says. He died for all. The invitation is in the gospel. You have to respond whether you believe you're a sinner in need of salvation or not. The provisions are made. The altar of wrath spoke of Christ's death and the cross as a substitute for sins. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world in John 29, He would be the one who would atone. Paul told the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He died in my place. He took my penalty. He paid the price for me. The veil was rent, as you know, from the top to the bottom, not the bottom to the top. And we are able to enter the new and living way by his flesh. Matthew 25, 51 gives you the veil that was rent. God rent it from the top to the bottom. Hebrews 10, 19 through 20 tells you it was his flesh that was rent for us. To enter the new and living way. The brass labor spoke of the cleansing provisions of Christ that we might walk with him by his word. Jesus told his disciples, John 15, 3, you are cleansed by the words I have spoken unto you. In Ephesians 5, 26, he says he'll present himself a bride. A church without spot, wrinkle. And he says, by the washing of the water, by the word. In John 13, Jesus took a towel, took a bowl, and washed the disciples' feet. And Peter says, not so, Lord. He says, you are bathed completely. You are mine. You're cleansed. But you get your feet and your hands dirty. Nipto, a different word. So you need to keep your hands and your feet, your accounts short with me. Every day. So we have fellowship. The testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10 says everything in the New Testament. Everything in the Old. It's a red thread that runs from Genesis to Revelation. See, God has taken up his residence now in my tent, my tabernacle, and the word for my body as a tent. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. As I open my heart and I repent of my sins, then my body becomes the dwelling of God. The pattern of the tabernacle was provided by God. For the people. Now, the position of the tabernacle is important, though it's not found in the book of Exodus, it's found in the book of Numbers, but it's important. The layout of the tabernacle reveals it was the center of national life moral, ethical, and civil. You find this in Numbers 20 through 23 and many of the portions. Their national existence, you remember when they came to the foot of Mount Sinai in Exodus 19 4 through 6, they were to be able to live and survive only. As they depended upon God. Listen as I read nineteen four through 6. It says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you out myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. God took them unto himself. He delivered them. Their national guidance and direction was to be led by God also. Not only their deliverance. In Exodus 40, when they erect the tabernacle, verse 34 to 38, listen to what it says. God filled the tabernacle with his glory when they erected it for the first time. In verse 34 and 35. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting. The glory of the Lord Yahweh filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle meeting because the cloud rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This happened again in the temple of Solomon, as I said earlier. And then in verse 36 and 37, God would decide when to journey. God is the one who calls the shots. Nothing has changed, ladies and gentlemen. The church has forgotten this. Christians have forgotten this. Listen. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. Not one Israelite said, "Well, I'm leaving here. I don't need God." They were in the desert. You see, when we're in the desert, we stay close to God. But we're in the city, and we got all our Accommodations and everything else. We, we think we got it all figured out. We don't need God. I need some bread. I go to the store. I need a car. I go finance it. But when you're in the desert, you understand that you need God. So that when you get in the city, you still think the same. Very important. Verse 38. God was constantly present with the nation day and night. For the cloud of the Lord, Yahweh, was above the tabernacle by day. And fire was over it by night. In the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journey for 40 years. Psalm 33:12 says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance." What a privilege. Now, the tabernacle was to be the center of religious life then. It was a place where God had chosen to provide a prescribed manner of worship. Moses was told to come up to worship as he received the instructions to worship Yahweh, the commandments in Exodus 24, 1, coming up to worship. Aaron and his sons were to minister to God as priests in this worship, Exodus 28, 1. And so he wanted to be followed exactly. The word worship comes from an Anglo Saxon word, which means to ascribe or attribute worth to something. Worship is the awareness and understanding of God's holiness and is demonstrated in reverence. And praise from the heart while recognizing one's own unworthiness. Isaiah the prophet demonstrates this when he saw the Lord high and lifted up in his throne. He says, woe is me, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And the cherub grabbed the coal from the altar and cleansed his lips. Coal from the altar. You have the altar of incense. The coals are there. The throne of God, the ark of the covenant. A picture of heaven. You understand? (laughs) The necessary and prophetic materials And furnishings had been provided to have access to God, to be right with God, to be looking for the coming of God. Everything was there. Now also the tabernacle was to be the center of military headquarters. And when he's called the Lord of Holes, that means he's a captain of the armies of heaven. The Lord of Holes is a title that's used by the prophets when they were under God's judgment and God was calling them back. In fact, the name is the prophet, chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. God had done so many things for them to repent. He says, I did this, you did not repent. I did this, you did not repent. I did this, you did not repent. Here's the conclusion. After all those things, you did not repent. Listen carefully. Therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel. Because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. You say, well, that's great. Not the context. Because it's judgment. They refuse to repent. It's for judgment. God warred against Amalek and defeated them in Exodus seventeen eight through 12 When Moses' hands were held up, they prevailed. When hand, Moses' hands down, then they were defeated. And so Ur and the other guys, they put his hands under some rocks and they held them up. The strategy for warfare was always to come from God. Always. He gave the orders for Jericho for the walls to fall down. He gave David the counsel when he needed what to do, how to do it, as he sought the Lord. You see, they were going to be God's judgment, the instrument to the people in the land of Canaan. Why? Because of their sinful lifestyle. You see, God had given 400 years for them to repent. It's called the abomination of the Amorites. God told that to Abraham in Genesis fifteen sixteen. So he put Israel, Israel in Egypt for 400 years until the 400 years ran out. And then judgment came because they did not repent. He gave them 400 years. And listen, he gave Noah's day 120 years. He gave the days of Noah, the days of Abraham, 400 years. God was more patient there. And why? Only one answer. Because the people were much more evil before the flood than after it. At least at that point. 400 years compared to 120. But then they crossed that line and judgment came. And that goes for any nation. It goes for any person. There's no exception. Any nation or person that fails to acknowledge God as the center of their moral, ethical, and civil life, seeks their own destruction, ladies and gentlemen. Failure to acknowledge one's accountability and responsibility to God gives way to man's evil heart. Failure to acknowledge objective truth, absolute right and wrong, blurs the guidelines of society, bringing about confusion, perversion, and destruction. Failure to administer fair and just consequences for crimes that are committed in our society Destroys authority and encourages civil disorder that leads to anarchy. Sooner or later. Listen to the voice of God speaking through Moses before they even go into the promised land. Deuteronomy 529. Oh, the day has such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments. That it might be well with them and with their children forever. God just wants the best for you and for me. For a nation. If they yield to him. The nation or person who has Jesus at the center of their spiritual worship will be looking to him for all things. For their daily needs. Daily wisdom. Daily provisions. The daily progression and salvation through grace through faith. Not on a religious location or experience or emotions or anything contrary to the scriptures. They'll be looking for his return. Those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth, Jesus said in John four twenty four, Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Truth, the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God. The nation or person who depends on God for their protection will not be disappointed. He told Abraham in Genesis 15:1: Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. That's right after he attacked the kings, remember? Chronicles 20, 17 through 18. Jehoshaphat. God told him, you will not need to fight the battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord Yahweh is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And they went out to battle with songs and with music, and God defeated the enemy. 2 Kings six, fifteen through 17 the servant of the man of God, Elisha, Rose up early, as you know, and the enemy has sent army over there. And there was an army surrounding the city with its horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. All these cherubs, all these seraphim, all these angelic beings. The servant was Gehazi. Amazing. Do you realize that there are more for us than there were them? Hmm. I must, as a Christian, depend on Jesus. To put on the entire armor of God, Ephesians 6. 10 on down. All of his armor is the only way I can fight. To endure hardness as a good soldier. 2 Timothy 2.3. To fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 1.18. To leave vengeance to God. For he will repay Romans 12.19. And depend on him every day of my life. The position of the tabernacle was to provide protection for God's people. What an incredible picture given to us remember these three things regarding the tabernacle the provisions for the tabernacle were to be provided by the people the pattern for the tabernacle would be provided by God for the people and the position of the tabernacle was to provide protection for God's people and it was just like that 40 years through the wilderness their shoes didn't wear out The clothes on their back didn't wear out. They never went hungry. They never went thirsty. God tested them. And they whine. Wah, wah, wah. They failed the test often. But God was faithful. And he brought them into the promised land. Are you in the wilderness? Then follow the pillar of fire. The cloud by day. The fire by night. And don't venture out on your own.
0: Jesus is the only place to hide. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating the simple truths of God's love for His children, the Israelites, is a love He shares for us, the Church, as well. Now, just before we close, let me quickly mention that copies of today's study titled The Tabernacle and Jesus are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, the title to ask for once again is The Tabernacle and Jesus, or you can just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485.